turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to Reaching for Real Life. And welcome to Reaching for Real Life with Pastor Sean Azaro. My name happens to be Baron Wiley. It is. I know this. <laughs> you saw my card. You saw the ID. You <laughs> I've check seen ID's. your card. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, th- thanks for bringing a cookie. Oh, I'm, yeah. try- I'm trying to be fit. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to keep. You're not trying it, it, to do. I, I, I am. <laughs> I know you can't tell, but I am. And you, uh, you you bring this in and I go, I'll take a little corner. No, and, son. And, and then. <laughs> the cookie we're talking about, it's about the size of a rodeo belt buckle. And you say, I'll just take off a little. A I'll just a little taste. And your exact quote was, this is how it starts. And now I'm looking at the same size bite you took. <laughs> yeah, first you, one. It's a few crumbs in the bag. Thanks for that. Well, see, that's just the Lord again providing. How? He knew what you needed. That's so wonderful. Let's talk health for just a second here because you are a healthy guy. Mm -hmm. Can you inspire me to to keep, because usually it's like January, let's do this. Ah, Now it's March, I'm I'm done. No, it's not. It's all I have to do is say I, I'm trying to keep the fatness at bay. Oh, okay. You know, because you get Choices. older, and yeah, you all the gimmicks they don't work. It's right. basically diet and exercise. Okay. If I'll exercise thirty minutes a day, three days a week of actual exercise, use rowing machines, some stuff, and then two days a week of walking, brisk walking for thirty minutes, and then eat modest Mediterranean type diet. Ooh. And then again, don't blow that off. Don't have cheat days. Too many cheat days, right? Right. So I I was good for two days. That entitles me to. <laughs> Four, exactly. where I blow it off. Hey, big cheat day coming up on uh, Easter Sunday there with all that uh, good chocolate. And, uh, oh, man, man. Uh, <laughs> at, I'm focusing on Easter. I'm focusing on the ministry on Easter. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're listening to this and you don't have plans for Easter, come on out to yeah. Easter at the Amphitheater, 10 a.m. here at the Real Life Amphitheater on Lookout Road. It is going to be an outstanding celebration of the power of resurrection of life. Of course, huge egg hunt for the kids after the service, but the service we've got, the River City Worship Band is going to lead us in an incredible time of music and worship. And then I'm going to share a message that the Lord's put on my heart on the power and the implications of resurrection life and on his call home for us. You know, I just want to invite you to come out, bring friends. It's going to be great. That's Easter Sunday. That's April 9th, 10 a.m. right here at the Real Life Amphitheater. Get here early. So that you, you know, because you want to, you walk up the hill, you put the kids and the little ones in kids care, and then you come on out and it's a great, going to be a great time. All right. Start time again, Pastor Sean. 10 a.m. All right. So here's what I really love about that. I don't feel guilty at River City Community Church for missing the sunrise service. Thank you, Pastor Sean. Oh, yeah. No, no. We had those for years, and then I realized there's nothing in the Bible yes. that says I have to have that. So It was just two women that went to the tomb that morning. <laughs> yeah, that and, was it. And, and in honor of that, we send two women up here at sunrise every Easter and then come and tell us, okay, it's time to start. Hey, Pastor John, you got actually, you're, as you're preparing for that Easter Sunday, you took last Sunday off from the pulpit. Yes, Pastor Mike McGuire, uh, our executive pastor, spoke. In fact, we're going to hear from him today. He shared just a little bit. We're going to share some additional content on a ministry that we have launched here at River City Community Church. Pastor Mike's been very instrumental in that. Why don't we get right to that? Yeah. Let's go. We've got Pastor Mike McGuire. I got the chance to talk to him, so I want you to hear that. This is an interview with Pastor Mike McGuire, our executive pastor here at River City Community Church. Well, Mike, thanks for agreeing to talk with us. 
I'm looking forward to it, Sean. Thanks for asking. We haven't had you on the podcast a lot. You and I work together all the time. Why don't you tell people real quickly what your main job is here at River City and at our whole kind of the real-life network that we've got moving here on our campus? Mm -hmm. Well, I am honored to be your executive pastor and Mm. ask, what do you do? And I try to do nothing, which means (laughs) I try to keep things running so that, you know, I'm free to chase the new opportunity or to fix the latest problem, but... Uh, just try to help you with the staff and uh, move our goals forward, whatever the Lord is leading. Well, you are fairly self-deprecating and all of that, um, but you did make something, you made an interesting observation. You do try to take care of things and then keep enough free space for you to do. I mean, I, I like to think you always enjoy being a little bit of an R&D department here mm-hmm. because of the different things that we're called to do and the different opportunities we have. You stun me sometimes with the things that you've worked up and you've come up with that you're kind of ready to pull the trigger on. I think that's an awesome part of your leadership. Uh, one of the areas that you've done that with is what I really want us to talk about a little bit today, and that's our whole community outreach. We began with just a, a small feeding ministry. Mm-hmm that we were doing because one of our elders was kind of doing it personally. He was mm-hmm. just, he'd meet some, someone who was hungry or they're asking for some money for food and he'd buy him food. And he just started expanding that a little bit. And we came alongside to help him. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what happens with uh, that? We call that real life Christian assistance. And it's part mm-hmm. of our bigger community outreach ministry. <clears throat> right. And it's just amazing what God has done with that ministry that did start with just a guy who started Rick. <laughs> He's just a normal guy, you know, but he has a big heart him and his wife, Linda. And uh, out of just a small loving your neighbor uh, ministry exploded. And I think that's one of the cool part, just following the Lord in the little things, and you never yeah. know where that will lead. And so we recognized God really touched this thing, and it exploded. COVID helped because of the need that came there, and we were right there at the opportunity at that time. And so forming community outreach was really just the next logical step to say, yeah. we've got something here that's big. It's making a huge impact. Right now, we're doing right. over 300 families a week that are coming for food. In one fiscal year, we saw that we distributed $1.6 million worth of food. Wow. And so that is not a small little church food no, pantry, not no. to make light of those. But we realized that we need to go out and we need to find funding. We need to organize this yeah. well. And really, it offers an opportunity because there's a lot of people that want to be part of a solution. But finding the right partner, finding the right way to uh, cooperate, it can be difficult. And so Real Life Community Outreach allows the church to have a, a neutral organization, a neutral space, so that a company, a business, a nonprofit group can come and say, we want to be part about feeding people in our community. Let's join together. And it, and it provides an excellent opportunity. We've seen good fruit on that. Different yeah. companies getting involved, whether they're bringing a volunteer team, whether donating uh, equipment that they have. And so it's provided space and it's doing what we hoped it would do, right? right. Magnify the ministry of uh, reaching our community with compassion. Yeah, that's such a powerful thing. And you just, I think really well, you just kind of summarize the whole big swath of ministry. I want to start, sure. address some of the things you said. You know, one, I just want to say when difficulty comes up, one mm-hmm. of the things that we we felt 
very, from the beginning during the pandemic, when the pressure was on everyone to shut down, one of the things we recognize is that historically the church in the midst of crisis, yeah. in the midst of even epidemics and pandemics, mm-hmm. the church didn't retreat, it advanced. Mm-hmm. And it went into the melee and tried to bring relief and bring the love of Christ and just right. minister to people. And so we did that and God blessed it. Mm-hmm. And so when that multiplied, you know, we, we also had our vocational training ministry mm-hmm. that our pastor of our Spanish service, River City in Espanol, he had started this little vocational training business. And so we took our shop building mm-hmm. and converted part of that and made that part of it, yep. made that vocational training ministry. And we do every semester, we do 40, 50 graduates, mostly Spanish speaking, mm-hmm. from the vocational training at that our real life kids camp. And so you saw all these things, and then you just kind of mentioned real-life community outreach. Mm -hmm. Uh, What was the reasoning for us behind doing community outreach? I think that's an interesting point for people, and I think it makes sense when they understand why we said let's incorporate and let's start a new ministry called real-life community outreach. Right. Well, from the discussion, I just think we, we recognized it was growing bigger than just a small church ministry, right? So we needed to have some of the legal apparatus to help formalize it. And a lot of times, I think we, we talk to different community leaders and stuff, and they're like, they get excited about the things we're doing, feeding, yes. vocational training. Uh, people are a little squeamish at times being a part of a church ministry. Yeah. Like, I'm going to take my business into a church, and then they get a little squeamish. So let's create a neutral space called Real Life Community Outreach that we can work together. That's what I think of, you know, the vision is community outreach, but even the the initial CO is that co it's that cooperation, right? You know, there's a, we don't have to agree on everything to cooperate, to do something good for our community. Yes. And so real life community outreach is saying, okay, we're a church, clearly a church, and we've got our vision, our values and what we're passionate about. That's never going to change. But I can look across to another person and say, do you have compassion for a person who's hungry? Food insecurity. You do. I do too. Hey, there's opportunities for us to work right. together. And that's right. what community outreach represents a neutral space to do good to the community and just really multiply compassion. And when we say neutral, we're unapologetic in our Christian That's faith, right? It, that is a subsidiary corporation to yeah. River City Community Church. It's under our ministry of more people living real life by passionately following Jesus. Yeah. But we do. There's people who say, boy, I'd love to get my company behind that, but there's no way we're going to support a church. Right. And I don't think necessarily they should, right? right? I, don't, I don't have a problem with that. We've created a vehicle where they can say, okay, I'm going to give to this nonprofit, mm-hmm. And we're unapologetically faith-based, mm-hmm. but we are separate then in that we do have that wall of separation from the church that allows businesses, community organizations, even some government entities to help mm-hmm. support and get involved in what we're doing. Absolutely. One of the things that we've done through first River City, but then now it's kind of becoming a part of the community outreach, is what we call Compassion Zones. Tell us a little bit about Compassion Zones and what we've seen in our first Compassion Zone. Right. The, really, the Lord kind of, I would say, challenged, inspired me to think of, I was watching on the news different scenes of, of riots and racial unrest and uh, some communities that were uh, going through a lot of turmoil. And so I felt challenged to ask some of our law enforcement guys, hey, what community around here do you think of when you think of a community that, that struggles? So I got back from them, uh, the name of a community called The Glen, which me being fairly new at the time to San Antonio, I didn't know about. And so I went and researched and explored it. And sure enough, I found a neighborhood that has struggled. And right. so we said that, okay, that's going to be a compassion zone. Because here's, here's what's true. When you, are, when you are suffering in society, generally speaking, that affects you many different ways. Financially, you're struggling. 
workplace you're struggling, your kids are struggling. And so you end up these problems, if you will, or these, these, uh, these opportunities for compassion seem to consolidate in a location. And often you can just search it by, if you didn't have a bunch of money, like you were struggling financially, you are literally, where you live is according to where you can get the cheapest rent. Mm. And so wherever the cheapest rent is, where the most problems are, that's where the, the housing is. And right. so you have a consolidation. So if we cared about the hurting in our community, it's, it's sometimes as simple as just finding the right neighborhood and just saying, we're going to make that a compassion zone, meaning we're coming in with no judgment, no no agenda other than to love and to, to share with these people. And so that's what we started with the Glen. And we started with the food pantry. Our right. Christian assistants right. would, were generous enough to pack us a pallet of food and we would load it up in a trailer and no fancy equipment, but we would just go to an empty field and put up a sign and say, all right, we're open for business. Come yep. one, come all. Yep. And so people started to come. And then out of that, I think we've been there four years now. We've developed strong community relationships yeah. in a neighborhood. And what you do is, you know, the goal is, again, we're not there to fix anyone. We're there to minister God's love. Uh, obviously share a need in some food, right? So when your your radiator goes out in your car and you can't get to work, you got to drop that $300 bill to get that thing done. Well, now food's tough. So right. it's just a practical, easy way to help people. And then you get to know them and you get to walk with them and uh, become a deeper part of their life. And then you get to see where are things that you can do to help and support. Sometimes right. you know a person. Sometimes you can offer a bit of knowledge. You know, often faith becomes a big part because a dark cloud of just depression and anxiety and doubt just covers it when you just can't even seem to feed your family sometimes. Um, we just were working with a um, family that participated in our Real Life Kids Camp, another one of our programs yeah. at Community Outreach. And they faithfully, uh, this three-day camp, brought their kids. And they have a, a family of seven children that come out. Huge family. Mm-hmm. But they struggle. They struggle just to ver- make, make the ends meet. Of well, course. The point of it is you get to be a part of people's lives when you're there. And so adopting a neighborhood or a compassion zone, that could be an apartment building. It could be, you know, for us, the Glen is literally just four streets. And we just said, that's all we're going to work on is four streets. Well, but in fairness, you haven't heard from Mike before. Mike's a guy who there's, it's literally nothing that he doesn't think he can do. Not just him that he can do, but that we can do, right? So you saw they had a big drainage problem, and they were caught in a weird area between the city mm-hmm. and the county, and nobody was meeting this need. Mm-hmm. So Mike says, okay, we'll meet the need. I mean, didn't you go to, like, city council meetings or something? Or yeah. to, to, you met with leaders? And the net result is... Our whole church is like, I'm out there with a weed eater because we, this whole area was filled with all kinds of weeds and stuff. Mm-hmm. He got heavy equipment out there. Willie's got a tractor. You had earth movers. Yep. To tr- and it was just simply saying, we're going to meet a need, yep. right? And, and it doesn't have to be that big, okay? That, that was your vision, and mm-hmm. you happen to have the Muscle River City Community Church behind you. Mm-hmm. But for a person who's here... You know, like you said, anything can be a compassion zone. Yeah, it truly can. And any issue can be an opportunity. And so I think the Lord challenged me when you enter a compassion zone. Again, I don't have a big agenda, right? You're not coming in with a a thing that you want to accomplish for you. It's not about you. But just going in and talking to people, literally the first guy I met, the first guy who showed any interest in our food distribution, he starts talking to me about the problem in the neighborhood, right? And I'm like... Well, show it to me. And so, and it was real. It was an ugly problem. It was bad, man. It was bad. So he walks me back there and I see it. I'm like, oh no, this is, this is really bad. This is ugly. (laughs) This is unhealthy, unsanitary. And so in a way you kind of take the problem that, okay. And here I'm coming from the position of faith, right? I, I do believe that faith is just vital to everybody, right? To be connected to their creator. But not everybody's at that point where that's of their interest. But if you walk into a neighborhood and everyone in the neighborhood says, this is a problem. 
and you become part of the solution. Now you've, you've in a sense, won friends and you've won a hearing to be able to say, when they ask you, why in the heck are you doing this? Because right. no one else was worried about this dish before, so why are you guys fixing it? Then you can, I think you're able to share with real sincerity is that, you know, the only reason I'm here is that Jesus has made a huge part of my life and he loves you and this is an expression of his love. And yeah. so. And that's powerful, man. That opens people to the gospel. Even if they, like, I've, I've seen some people, when we say that to them, they're almost like, oh, well, okay. But you can just tell, they don't know, how, it's not like you yeah. can rebut that, right? Yeah, that's not easy to throw <laughs> off, right? So I think the compassion zone is important. One of the other things we've, we've had to deal with in, in the gland is that you have to deal with who's there, right? Because you can't just skip over the people who are like you or the ones that you connect with. You've got to embrace the whole neighborhood. And so, you know, you got English speakers and Spanish speakers. That was one of the first things we had to deal with. They say, okay, if I love this neighborhood, I can't just talk to the people I can talk with. And I'll let me know. Your, my Spanish is no good. I don't have any. <laughs> Go ahead. Give us a sample. No. <laughs> Hola. I think we've hit it. You know, buenos dias. So we've had to deal with, you know, Spanish translations. And uh, we send out messages. We got gather a text message group of a growing community in there. We send them out. So we got to have an English text and we got to have a Spanish text. But it was text. about that time that God gave us. A Spanish pastor and our Spanish exactly. congregation has grown. Yeah. Those folks are a blessing at the Glen. Mm-hmm. They're a blessing, a big time blessing at Christian Assistance. Yep. So, you know, when God asks you to do something that seems bigger than you, just know he's got provision. Yep. And it was totally unrelated. God brought Yoan, mm-hmm. Mora, and Lisbeth, and, and the few folks who were with them, and mm-hmm. this whole vision for River City and Espanol separate from that. Mm-hmm. But yet, look at how it's integrated with everything that he put on our heart. Yep. And there's, a, you know, the powerful concept of unity of the spirit, right? Like if, so if you want to think, how does the church make a difference? I'm like, unity of the spirit is the golden ticket because I think about Christian assistance. It literally was Rick and Linda following a little tiny lead of the spirit to go feed a hungry person. Right. right. And then right. that became a food pantry. And then I followed a little lead to go to a neighborhood and their food pantry had grown and now they're providing me the food and yep. I followed the little lead and I connect with a Spanish speaker. The Spanish speaker now connects into our vocational training school. And so yeah. it's everyone following their little lead, and then somehow God orchestrates that whole thing to say, bang, yeah. you know, goodness yeah. has been spread, and so the world's up just a tiny bit better. You gave a great message. You spoke this last weekend at River City, and you talked about the kingdom of God, and I, that was so compelling for me. Just tell a little bit about how you, you described one of the folks you had helped and done their house, and that mm-hmm. was a wonderful thing, but how you saw that as a manifestation of God's kingdom, a physical representation of God's kingdom at work in her family. So I think that one of the principles the, the Lord taught me was that, you know, in Luke chapter 16, it just says, use unrighteous mammon, which is money, right? right. The whole world's greedy, but we're different. We're, it's not, we don't, we use it for, for good. So he says, use unrighteous mammon to win friends. So... For the way that I've uh, understood that is when I go into a neighborhood, our money, our abilities, our tools to build friendships. And right. so I much prefer that to come up somebody cold and say, let me tell you about my faith. And like, they Here's don't a care. gospel track. Yeah, they don't care. <laughs> I don't care to do that. That's terrible. And you've been mentioned that many times about how that's just not. So anyway, but if you, if you again, do something that's good. So we adopted a, a senior lady. She's an immigrant from Laos. Um, doesn't have a big family network at all. She has an adult son that's a disabled that she cares for. She's in her uh, late 70s or something like that. House was in total disrepair. 
So it's one of those ugly eyesores. It's the kind of, we had a couple of volunteers come up and serve with us one day and they looked at some of these houses and not being quite familiar with a little bit more of the ghetto mentality, right? right. They literally start crying when they see where they're at. They're like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Part of it's just the, the exterior facade of the house. And so we're like, okay, we're going to help care for this house so she doesn't lose it and have drainage problems and all that. So we uh, fixed it up. We gave it a new paint job and she was just, she loved it. And so now we have a friend, you yeah. know, and, and I told her, you know, her name is Miss Kim. And she had real broken English. I just said, all right, Miss Kim, you love this house. She said, oh, it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. I said, every time you see this paint job, remember, Jesus loves you. That's Man, the message of the kingdom. And that's so, so powerful. When you do tangible things, then you just, you give words to it. Like, why do you begin that? And that's why I think, you know, community outreach is important because it's a neutral space to work with other corporations. But the reason we never give up on the faith aspect is because we're giving acknowledgement that says, the reason why these opportunities are here is the faith aspect. Right. So I can't take Jesus out of the fact that he told Rick to start a food pantry. That right. would be insincere. You right. know, I can't take Jesus out of the fact that the only reason, Miss Kim, I'm painting your house is because Jesus says to love our neighbor. Yeah. And so yeah. without that, I'm over, I don't know, some you know high-end resort as much as I playing can afford. Playing golf or whatever. play golf or yeah. do something else. Yeah. So no, that's right. We've got to be right. consistent. Well, you shared a particular concept at, this last weekend, this idea of... When it comes to the kingdom, the, the ministry begins with praying. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you started even before praying, you said, picture. Mm-hmm. What does the kingdom of God look like? I've, I've several times already, Mike, since mm-hmm. you shared that, I've used that tool in prayer. Tell us a little bit about that. Tell us, tell us how you saw that and explain it. Because that was very compelling. Galen and I were talking. Galen's one of our elders here. Mm-hmm. We were talking about that impacted both of us. Talk about that, picturing it, and then letting that direct your prayer. Right. Well, I think, so like the drainage issue, for example, so you walk up to that thing and it's a gnarly problem. And I am not a civil engineer and it's just way beyond me, right? And so the, are the immediate impulse is to say, I, I got nothing to offer here, right? And right. walk away from it. And so we do that all the time. So the part of the, the picture is, it's, it's almost like you, you uh, suspend that initial reaction of, I can't, and you look at a problem and you sit there, and, and the idea of picturing is, and it assumes that you're doing it in an attitude of prayer, that you know God has, if I indeed have been have this conviction that God has sent me to this world in His name to do whatever He's called me to do, that means I can look at a problem and I can just stop, and in prayer I can just look at it, and I believe God's given us the gift of imagination, mm-hmm. creativity to formulate what is supposed to be, right? So if the kingdom of God is this idea of the best, like the best that God has for us as humans, the best of us working together, the best of our how we run our families and society, if that's the best, then he's going to speak through us, through our imagination and looking at problems and saying, what would the kingdom look like in this situation, right? Yeah. And so by, by stopping that initial reaction of saying, I can't do anything to now, looking at it, thinking about it. It's amazing once you make that simple commitment of the heart to stop and picture it, that all of a sudden ideas start to generate in prayer. And then, you know, I think you really entered into the sweet spot of what praying is. And Jesus said, you know, ask that the kingdom of God would come. Right. And so what does that look like? That means I'm looking at something of real issue and I'm like, all right, God, you got to come because this is broken. Yeah. And um, if I'm faithful enough just to do the part of picturing it and just sitting with an attitude of prayer and then whatever is that next lead, whatever that little baby step is to take, if I will just be faithful enough to take it, it's, it's amazing how that opens up a second step, third step. And all of a sudden, right. Something you said well, it ain't going to happen. Well, it happened. Yeah, that's and then, awesome. And then everyone's excited. And that that I've been praying for a guy who you and I know is struggling, mm-hmm. and some 
family struggled and some things. And I found myself just going, God, what does your kingdom look like in his life? You know, marriage restored, mm-hmm. kids doing well, his life, him in fellowship with you and others. And you begin to picture the kingdom of God. So very powerful stuff. Mike, how can people find out more just about real life community outreach since that's what we've been talking about? Right. Well, we just, uh, again, just fall in the lead of opportunities. We've started a website, um, reallifeco.org. Reallifeco. Reallifeco.org. Reallifeco.org. And uh, they can find out more about the the three different components that we have, which are Christian assistance, food and clothing, uh, the vocational training, and then our kids' camps. And so... Uh, that's where they can find out. They can volunteer with us. At, you know, if they wanted to serve food one day at one of our distributions, it's fun to send, bring a it team out to do it. And it's, it's easy. easy. Easy to do. We're going to have a golf tournament coming up on May 15th as a fundraiser. So you could bring a foursome or sponsor it with your company. And really, you know, again, just following the lead of envisioning it, we really see these, these uh, opportunities as needing some more space, right? We're talking about community, uh, community outreach needing uh, a food warehouse because right now we use a concession building and so it is not ideal and right. we make it work but um so we're envisioning you know a food warehouse a food distribution being able to take large semi trucks of food and mm. move pallets and all that and we're also envisioning a vocational training center like six different that isn't just a side wing off of yeah. our shop right? <laughs> our, our, right our lawn maintenance shop but... that's right move the lawnmower so we can do that right? <laughs> But like a real building where you could have labs of all the different trades, that would be great for a person just entering the workforce, finding right. the skills to do that. So that's kind of the next lead that we're following. And, you know, it'd be great to have that building up. And the, the amount of good we could do, I think, would be great. So uh, we're going to be posting information about that and, and what awesome. looks like for the future. So Awesome. That's reallifeco.org. You can find out more. Mike, thanks for talking with us, mm-hmm. man. Thanks for the opportunity. Wow, Pastor Sean, River City Community Church. Talk about having a vision. Without a vision, people perish. You guys yeah. are thinking about this. Well, and that's the thing, Baron. You know, Mike talked about those little, those little trails, those little strings you kind of follow that the Lord leads you in. And, and when you're faithful, he brings others into your life, and he makes provision, and he makes those things happen. So it, is, it, it really is God's kind of his blessing. Mm-hmm. And the vision for us has been to be available and make the most of everything you've given us, God, yes. to honor you with every resource that you've given us, and he has just blessed that. We, we, we don't really have to be successful. We, we do want to be faithful, and we want to be fruitful, and that's our, that's our objective. You just said in God's provision there, you know, having a vision means you're, you're planning this stuff out, and sometimes, yeah. sometimes you didn't even have a choice. It was kind of like, here it is. Right. God brings it. And what's funny is when you start, take the first step of faith, you don't know what's going to develop. You know, and that's the beauty of the faith walk. It's not that I know where it's going to end. I just know who's leading, and that's what's important. All right. So you're teaching again this Sunday, Pastor John? Uh, actually, this Sunday I'm going to be involved, but I have a special guest, Nitin Sardar from India, incredible apostolic ministry, just a, a wonderful brother. Uh, I'll be interviewing him more than just on what the ministry's doing, but I actually want to talk to him about a really powerful subject. I want to talk about persecution and suffering, and he's experienced it, and God has done so much in him and through that. So you do not want to miss it. Come on out, 930, 1130 here at River City on Sunday morning. And, of course, you can find it live on YouTube on the River City Community Church YouTube right. channel. Yep. And, of course, on demand at any time. And all the links, again, are on the yeah. main website, reallife.org. Or you can follow along online at reallife.org. Absolutely. Thank yep. you, Pastor Sean. Thanks for all you do, bro. And God bless you. Thanks for listening. I hope you have an amazing day. And enjoy the rest of your cookie. <laughs>